Hey guys, welcome back to The Breakdown. Very excited about today's episode. We have uh, quite the guest for you today. With us is Max Siegelman today. So we're in this in this interview, we dove into a variety of topics. And for those of you who don't know Max, Max to me is a, a very uh, interesting young man. He is he is still he is still quite young and has accomplished so much uh, just at the age of thirty. He does train at Tone House very much into into training and exercise. He actually started with a soccer career and he is a social media director for Outfront Media. So he's involved in media and advertising, but. Uh, he also has side ventures and is an entrepreneur where he's worked with uh, several people that you would know, such as LL Cool J. And we get into some of his stories about how these partnerships even developed. And we talk about networking through exercise, um, which I found really interesting and inspiring. It even took uh, got me to take some action that same day uh, that maybe I wouldn't otherwise. So it got me to think about networking in quite a different perspective. So I really encourage you guys to listen, take some notes. He's got some great advice um, and points of view on this. So without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Max. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Breakdown. Joey Rodonis and Ryan Turner are back at it again. How you doing, Ryan? I am doing amazing. We are six feet apart. Yes, we are filming or recording during the quarantine. I have not touched Ryan, although I want to give you a big old hug. Oh, it would have been nice, but <laughs> I think that we're better off just leaving that for later. Okay, cool. We'll savor that moment for next time, maybe when this is all said and done. Very excited for our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about him. So on the show today, we have Max Siegelman, who um, is a friend of mine. He's a he's an awesome guy. I really, when I think of Max, I think of the Dosa Keys, most interesting man in the world. He's got stories, and I don't even know. Max, how old are you? Oh, man. Uh, well, I turned 30 during this quarantine, so uh, 30's been super weird. Oh, man. Happy belated birthday. Unbelievable. Appreciate it. So, yeah, 30's been, 30's been weird. So, but it's a big 3-0. <laughs> Listen, it, man, it, gets, it gets weirder from here. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything I, you did that was honestly, special? Honestly, I don't know. What's that? Did you do anything to, to celebrate just by yourself? Did you light yourself a candle and just blow it out um, all alone? Honestly, I was supposed to do a dinner with like 40, 50 people, uh, and I, I, I called it off the, the night of. How nice uh, of you. And I think it was, a, it was a good move because literally the next day, people there was like all the stuff came out about social distancing and parties oh, yeah. of less than, uh, or grouping of less than like 50 people went down to like 25 people. And I was mm -hmm. like, thank God I, I didn't go through with the that. The numbers so, are slipping. Um, so I'll celebrate, uh, September 15th for my 30 and a half is what we're mm -hmm. looking at. Um, uh, yeah, maybe do a little trip, see what happens. That's great, man. I can't wait to celebrate with you and be there at, everything that you're going to plan out. Thank you for the invi invitation. Yeah. I'm I can't wait to forward to it. Yeah, I'm probably going to bring yeah, something for you. I don't know. Book that private What's jet, yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so on this guest list, um, who would be on there? So like Oprah, Kanye, <laughs> LL. Uh, <laughs> this is a connected man. Um, this is a this is a be a family and, and close friend trip, I would think. But uh we're not there yet. We'll see. We'll see when we get out of all this where where it goes. So as we can already tell, this is why I think Max is one of the most fascinating people in the world at the ripe age of 30. I don't, 
It's crazy. So to give you a little bit of background on Max, he's, he's one of our tone house athletes here. Um, and he does have an athletic background. Um, but he's also got, got a day job and works in marketing. And we're going to explore that a little bit with Max, but Max, why don't we talk about, um, you know, the premise of our show, like we were sharing with you is just about how training and, you know, living a healthy lifestyle, being active can really support, you know, some of the things that you're doing as an individual. Um, it doesn't have to just be fitness, right? You're not just a trainer or, uh, just in this lifestyle, like you do a ton of other things outside of the gym. And I think this is something that more fuels some of your, um, and other endeavors, um, where, where did you even get started with athletics and even training? Like what was your introduction into, you know, the whole fitness world? Yeah. So I mean, I played sports my entire life growing up, uh, soccer being my number one sport. My dad played in college. My older brother played, uh, I played throughout college. Um, so it was definitely a huge part of my life. Uh, I think the fitness aspect of it, didn't really come until right before my sophomore year of college. I tore my ACL uh, training in the summer, uh, right before my sophomore season, and had to redshirt. Uh, and I, I blamed a lot of, or I guess I blamed tearing my ACL completely on being out of shape. Uh, so I was actually overweight, like super overweight. I was like 220, 225 pounds. And I'm not the tallest person in the world, so you can just imagine a little bit heavier size. Uh, so as soon as I tore my ACL, um, I really cleaned up like my eating habits, my nutrition, uh, my fitness to like a crazy extent of a lot of running. Uh, and then before I even got into like lifting weights or doing hit workouts or other type of workouts, like cardio became like crack for me, basically, uh, maybe too, too much. And we've calmed that down since until quarantine started. Um, but, uh, I'd say uh, obviously athletics growing up and then, and having a, a traumatic injury, um, while you're at kind of the prime of your collegiate career sucks. So I kind of just took it as, uh, like an everything happens for a reason moment. And that reason being that I blamed it on just being out of shape. And that was kind of the turning stone for me. And little did I know that that would kind of like impact me for the rest of my life, not just getting in shape and getting back to soccer, um, for my next few years of college soccer, but, the way I live my life, uh, continuously to, to this day. So Max, I don't want to, I don't want to speed over this. Cause I think what you said is like a really big point of like, you went through something that I think is really difficult. Like you're, you're an athlete, you have a great career and you have this devastating injury. I have met people and spoke with people that that type of thing happens and they become seriously depressed. Like they don't respond well to that. And it takes them even years to come back because I mean, being an athlete, I can imagine, is a big part of someone's identity, especially when they're young. Um, how, how did you get to that point where you're turning this into like a healthy thing, right? And an empowering mindset. Was it something that happened to you very quickly and you recognize this or what was the process like? Um, it's a good question. I guess quickly, I guess is relative, right? So I'd say it happened pretty quickly, but I would say when, when I first got the news that I tore my ACL, I wasn't the happiest person in the world. I think my doctor walked back in with, uh, the MRI and was like, yeah, you tore your ACL. And I think I like took the paper out of his hands, like walked out and I was like, on to the next doctor. Um, but I think I quickly realized I was just like, let's refocus. Like there's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done ahead and just like, let's get through it. Um, looking back at it, like even just a few years after college being in like the real world and working, you realize like, damn, thank God that fucking happened while I was a college athlete. And yeah. all I had to do is, get better and recover because like I could only imagine living in the city or living 
uh, wherever and having to commute to work and then go to work and then trying to get back to whatever level you were at, like has to be super, super hard. Um, so thankful for that, that it happened at that time. And I had all of the treatment from athletic trainers and doctors and all that stuff, um, at that moment. Uh, so it was, I, I always say it was a blessing in disguise. Um, and I think, I think through, through that, obviously found fitness, found like a better side of myself to, to the point where fitness became like a true passion point for me. And even through that moment, I could bring it, I could bring almost anything I do now in, in work with anyone I've worked with or any projects I've worked with or anything like that back to that one moment of tearing my ACL and reevaluating my fitness level or nutrition or whatever that might be and associate it back. So I always say it was like a blessing in disguise. I think that's something that really brings you together with. I thought we were going silent. I thought, I thought, you were like, damn, that's deep. And I thought this was over. <laughs> no, Max, it's just, it's just really, <laughs> they were really listening to you and you really kind of take it in. <laughs> because when you're, when you're talking about this, this is the question I think that Joe and I wanted to ask you later is how you are able to connect with people right now. What is it with fitness and your success in, uh, in business? Um, what is it that you're actually doing right now? And you learned this very early on. You ended up taking something away from it um, at such an early age. And I'm going to come back to the fact that you are still relatively a young guy. Um, and that uh, to learn that so early is such a big benefit. Mm. Yeah, you want me to ask the question now or you want me to wait for you to ask me? Later? Oh, yeah, go ahead and ask. <laughs> go ahead, go, you can go ahead and answer it now for sure. Um, no, I mean, I think, I, think, uh, I think at that point it was, and again, associating back to like everything I've done since then back to that point, it's like even the people I've met that I've started working with and, and my first partner and co-founder uh, on my project uh, or on my first company that Joe kind of made fun of was LL Cool J. I didn't, and the way to, I be met clear, him, to be clear, I didn't gosh, make fun of LL Cool J if he listens Joe. to this. Yeah. <laughs> Coming after you. Um, uh, I met through his boxing trainer who, who I met in a gym at 5.30 in the morning when I go work out when I first graduated college and started talking to him about what I was doing or what I was working on. Uh, and he was like, would you ever want a celebrity partner or, or something like that? And I was like, yeah, why not have a conversation about that? Um, so again, like even back to that point of like, if I didn't turn my ACL, might have I gotten into fitness after, after college because uh, I wanted to continue some type of regimen or schedule where I was getting up in the morning and working out or wherever that might be, maybe. But I think back to, to tearing my ACL and getting into it, I think that definitely like put me on the path of like, that's what I need to do to get through the day. Huh. Um, so if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have been in the gym that morning having that conversation with that person to introduce me to the next person. So now I'm kind of curious just about like where your head's at um, pre and post injury with maybe what your ambitions or your career goals were. I mean, what what was the difference in your point of focus with Max before this injury happened? Did you have your sights on, like, I really want to try to go um, take my career in soccer to the next level? Like, you were an athlete and did something shift where you're like, all right, I want to focus more into the career that you're in now. What was that evolution kind of like? Yeah, so I think, uh, I think any college soccer player has, like, an ambition of, like, oh, I want to try to go play pro. I want to try and do this. I think I had like a different, a different look at it. Like I was getting recruited to D one schools, D two schools, D three schools, 
uh, and my back to my parents, like giving me just like a good head and on my shoulders and like a good mindset of like, yeah, you're going to go play college, but like what percent of college kids who go play professional and what percent of colleges who go play professional, especially in soccer are making enough money to, to live their lives. And that's all that they do. And in this country, soccer, n- not so many. Um, so I think from, from that perspective and having that understanding, even from high school going into college, which again, which again is like super early. Um, I think I understood where I wanted to enjoy it and have fun. And I decided to go to a, a D3 school because I knew I had the opportunity to start every season. Um, and honestly, at, at, by my senior year, we were better than the majority of D1 teams and we made it to the final four my senior year. Um, so I, I think you always have in the back of your mind, like, Oh, I want to try and get to the next level. And I like, sure. Um, but I think I was pretty realistic and I, I kind of always thought I wanted to work in sports because my mom still works at ESPN and she's been there for like over 35 years. Uh, and then I was given the opportunity to, to join one of my best friends, uh, older brothers to start this company, uh, with him right when I finished school or towards the end of closely graduating. Um, and then we brought on LL Cool J as our, our partner. I mean, which sounds insane to me. So (laughs) seriously, like I think about, I I just think about my mentality when I was that young, when I'm like 20, how old were you? Like 21? Uh, when, when I started, uh, my company. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you're 21 and you're senior year, right? So did you, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know what I, I was doing. I know how time. to like balance my finances. I didn't know how to do any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so to hear that yeah. you're working with a celebrity at this point, do you think this came from, uh, from your family? I think that, you know, a lot of athletes, I think, grow up a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I want to say that, but I think that you end up hitting some, some level of maturity when you are a successful athlete at the level that you ended up getting to. Um, and I don't, I don't know about you, but when I'm thinking about your mom at ESPN um, and being there for so long, it sounds like she got into ESPN when it was like brand new. How long has ESPN been around? Yeah, she was there when it was ABC Sports. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that I feel like must have really molded you, just like your your athletics. I think that with something with what your mom's doing and then kind of everything you took away from your injury, is this is this what kind of made you so successful early or kind of made you ambitious so young? I think so. I think it was a, I think, I mean, everything I think goes back to the family and how you were raised and all that stuff and uh, I'm grateful that I had both my parents and both my parents with a good head on their shoulders and, and both worked and were driven and in different ways. Like I said, my mom was ABC sports and ESPN. My dad was, I guess you could call him an entrepreneur in his own right. He was a, a racehorse trainer, which no one says that really, right? He trains racehorses. Uh, you don't hear that all the time. And, and my brother was always, uh, like a hustle and grind type of dude. And now he's in finance and, and successful and, I think from learning from those three people and living with them, obviously for, for 18 plus years, you see the different routes in life and the different things that you can do to, to be successful. Uh, luckily I was born and, and could absorb those things and didn't just reflect them. Um, cause you can easily grow up in a house like that and just reflect them and not absorb anything. Um, so I think, yeah, I think a lot of those things played, played a role in it. Um, and then I think just like anyone, like the things you go through through life definitely, uh, adjust your perspective or adjust the, the route in life that you take. Um, so I think it's a, a mixture of all of those things. So you've always, you, you kind of just had this entrepreneur spirit about you. Um, have you 
at that young age, like what were kind of, what were some of your goals in creating the company that you, that you even started? Like where, where did the idea come? I mean, share, share us, share a little bit about that with us. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the premise of the, the initial launch of the company was to be a sports social network. So a Facebook for sports. The idea came from, again, my, my best friend, older brother, and that's what the company started at. Uh, by the time we were six months or so in, we've obviously learned like a lot of different things about it um, and wanted to expand it. So we weren't just a sports social network. We ended up being uh, somewhat of like a social media aggregator for uh, sports, celebrities, uh, art, music, et cetera. Like basically a one-stop shop that you can come and see all of the different social networks from your favorite celebrities, athletes, and beyond, uh, be able to purchase music, merchandise, all that stuff. Um, and then at that point is when I was introduced to, to LL um, to have dinner with him and talk about our company and talk about our vision and how we could work together and all that stuff. Uh, and that was that all happened within like a few weeks where he ended up being a, a third partner and a and a uh, an owner of the company with us. Wow. And so is, yeah. is, is this also you, cause <clears throat> I think what we're tying back to a little bit is how your success in business, uh, you being as confident as you were at this age, um, being able to make these inroads with, uh, with celebrities, um, fitness is really something where you, you connected on all of this. If this wasn't in your life, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Is, would you, would you say that? Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, I think a lot of it has to do with the, sh- the way you structure uh, not only your life, but like your every day and the perspective that you have on the day. So how you start your, your day and, and what you're getting accomplished through it. And I think, again, that goes back to like a collegiate sport. Like, you know, your schedule when you're in season, you wake up, you go to practice, you go to class, you go to practice or training or you travel for a game, like you have a set schedule. So I think, I think that, uh, I think you don't appreciate that until you finish college or you finish playing uh, a sport at whatever level. Uh, And then once you're past that, you learn that you need that. Uh, I think people struggle who aren't, who aren't athletes to do that. Not everybody, obviously, but I think, uh, I think that definitely puts you on a better route for success. Not to say you can't succeed if you don't have that, but I think it puts you on a better route uh, to, to do something like that and to get to that next level. I was I I, I kind of made this analogy with Joe before, um, and I was curious if you would agree with this that maybe the gym is the new golf course in terms of networking and closing deals. Yeah, I I uh, I I've said it a lot in the past. I agree. Um, I think even if you're in finance or if you're in any of these fields uh, of business, I think it's like. I think going to like a group class or going for a run or going for a workout pre or post work. Uh, even if it's before going to dinner or going to drinks, like it's still another uh, bonding tool. And I think you, you already start on a, on a higher note with the other person or, or in a better place, the other person, because obviously you're sharing something in, con- in, in, in common with, mm-hmm. uh, I think like, I'm not a huge drinker. Right. So when someone's like, Hey, you want to go uh, grab a drink after work? I'm like, mm, no, I'll grab some miles. Um, but like, like to me, there's, there's a balance between that, right? Like, obviously I'll, I'll go out and get a drink with someone for on a business level, um, or whatever type of relationship level that is, but I'd prefer maybe to go do a workout in the middle of the week, than go out and have a few drinks in the middle of the week, uh, from a focus standpoint, from just an enjoyment standpoint. Um, so I do think it is the, the new golf course, as you said, I think it's, 
I think it just puts you on a, uh, I want to say an even playing field, but I don't think that's the right phrase. I want to say it puts you on a, a playing field that you want to be on, right? You, you both are showing uh, that's an interest that you have. So I think you're already starting on like an equal level. I like that. Okay, two questions then. Okay. You have someone that you have to get to know better, possibly a business partner that you might have to connect with, and you have to take them to a class. What kind of class are you going to go to to learn more about that person? It depends. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think it depends how well you know the person and how well you know their interests, yeah. or at least you think you do, right? So it could be... It's a, it's a tough question. Um, I think <laughs> I don't. I don't need to be perplexing. I was just trying to have have fun with it because my next question was going to be okay. You have to close a deal. Where are you going to go yeah. to close that nice deal? Follow up. <laughs> I don't really know where that might be, but you know, a harder workout I think can maybe put someone at. They might make them themselves feel a little bit inferior if you end up being a bad yeah. player. So I was. Just, okay, I, yeah, was so I was just having think, fun with it. I think it depends, right? Like if it was. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the people I work with are are heavy fitness enthusiasts, right? Mm-hmm. So if it is a heavy fitness enthusiast, I'd want to bring them to like the toughest fucking workout there is and watch them fucking die. Yeah, and then <laughs> let's then let's go and sign the papers after or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I have someone who I brought to Tone House every time he flies from Paris to New York. He's mid flight texting me he's like, "Yo, land at five a.m. Let's take a six or seven a.m. class," nice. and he's. Yeah, he's an, he's an animal, and I love him. Uh, and that's someone that I met uh, like way back when I had my company with LL, and and uh, I knew that he was a huge LL fan, and I was trying to figure out a way to get in the door with him. Um, so I think that made uh, that obviously like brings your relationship to a different level because you're doing something that has nothing to do with what you're trying to accomplish work wise, uh, and then you go do something like that, and then after you can get to the work stuff. And you're already on, again, that even playing field uh, and just did something you both enjoy. And now you can move on to, to the quote unquote serious thing for the next stage. Yeah, I, which I think is amazing. I mean, I came from a world, Max, like where we I, I used to do the steak dinners and wines, you know, like you would just drink your face off. And I always felt like yeah. there was a level of just connection and actual bonding that was completely missed. I always felt like it was always superficial. You can't really get to know someone on that level, but there's something about I mean, it's the like gym. you're uptight. It's you're uptight too. Like, and I think times have obviously changed where like, Oh, you're going to like a steak dinner and you're wearing a button down shirt and like slacks and like, fuck that. Like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Like right. You, there's yeah. a place in a, there's a place in a time for it. Right. And that some of those people that I'm talking about that I work with, there may be a place in time for that too. But, on like an everyday basis and like during the week, your work week and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to fucking do that at night. So then what is it about the gym that like just allows for this deeper level of trust to exist? Uh, I think it goes back again to like the commonality of interest. And I think you're, you're already in a place that you chose to be. You're, you're self-motivated to, to be in that facility or to be in that place. And then I also think there is something about people who are, who are into fitness, who aren't in the fitness industry per se, right? Like it's, you know, that they have a routine, you know, they're self-motivated, they have will, they're like wanting, they're wanting something more than just a a paycheck going to a job from eight to five or whatever it might be. So there's something about that person that is already appealing to, to, to you as a business partner or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think it's, 
<clears throat> it sounds like it's almost like a trust fall a little bit. You guys have committed to something together before doing something larger. Okay, let's start here. It's like a little bit of, a, of a, like a relationship, right? You're starting that, yeah. you get into it, you come out of it, you have endorphins going on, you feel pretty good, you're in a better mood, the anxiety is out of the room right now, yeah. you just totally just that animal instinct is just out and you know, you're able to kind of laugh about something and just kind of look back on uh, on a good time. I kind of feel like gyms need to have like a little holding room beforehand to kind of meet with your potential client or your partner. And then it needs like a room after to get business done, right? Finally sign the deal. Um, I think it's something Tone House has to look into. <laughs> That's the silence that we were waiting for, right? Sorry, right. we'll just edit it out. <laughs> no, look, I, I do. I think about this a lot because I'm always fascinated by the, the difference like even in leadership, right? Like, do you, do you yourself, when you're even looking to go into business with someone kind of, if there's a person that maybe doesn't value their training, their health over somebody that does, like, do you even view those two types of people different or like kind of just see different general qualities between the two type of per people? Uh, I want to say I can't answer that, but the truth is yes. Right. Like the truth is you, you I think it's there. I don't think it matters at the end of the day especially in like the, the things that I work on. Like I, I, I could work across like fashion, music, uh, just creative marketing, uh, like whatever it might be. So like, there's definitely a lot of people who aren't into fitness. There's a lot of people who are. Um, and I think are working with some of those people who are a little bit more appealing because we have a preexisting bond over it. Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not going to make or break whether I do business with someone, but I think that there's definitely a, a bond that you have uh, with that person to, to start with already um, to make it a little bit more relaxed of, of the beginning of a relationship with someone. Um, I, I know people who, who will put you on the spot uh, and be like, okay, cool. You want to meet up? Then let's go run a half marathon. And if you can get through that half marathon, we can hang out and we can have a conversation. We can talk about work. Um, like a rite of passage. That's, that's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. That's seriously I am, aggressive. I, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to make you do that. Thank you. Max. Uh, cause I, I get there's a lot of different type of people out there and that's, I've not always been the person to, to be able to make that half marathon. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to say, uh, yes or no, if someone could do it. Um, but I, I think it, it gives a special bond when there is that, uh, that commonality, uh, from the beginning and from the get go. Yeah. I want to ask about just shift gears just for a second here, um, just coming from the nutrition guy. I want to understand someone who is very fitness oriented, someone who needs to be on top of their game, very focused, have their mind kind of in the game, whether it's business or in, uh, in fitness, um, just making sure that you're, you're on the ball. How do you approach food, eating, nutrition? Do you have a philosophy around that? Uh, I... I don't know about a philosophy, but, uh, I definitely, when I first tore my ACL, I again, didn't know too much about nutrition. And I was like, all right, right. When I get surgery, I'm going to give up eating red meat, uh, gave up red meat. I haven't gone back in I don't know, 12 years, 13 years, 14 years. Uh, haven't gone back. Uh, I think that same year I gave up, uh, dairy for Lent. I have not gone back. Um, so I don't eat red meat. I don't eat dairy. Uh, after I ran the marathon this year for the first time, I tried going full plant-based with a few of my friends, uh, that worked out, but I had like, I was like, am I eating too much? Am I gaining weight? So I ended up bringing, uh, eggs 
and fish back into my diet. So at this point, that's kind of my diet is, is I guess pretty close to, uh, uh, just like fish, eggs, vegetables, and fruit. Um, I'm pretty clean for like 90% of my day and week and month and life. Um, but I'd say I'm definitely focused a lot on, on what I eat and make sure I don't eat a lot of shitty stuff. Uh, I do have a sweet tooth, so I definitely enjoy some, some dessert, but, uh, for the most part, pretty, pretty strict on myself. Uh, so I have some pretty good willpower. I always love that. I always love to learn how our successful athletes uh, or just very uh, fitness-oriented people, how they are eating, because there really is no right way from what I always see. Um, but I love that you found a way that ends up working for you. Um, and again, I think it's amazing that you found it so early. Uh, I keep thinking back because I can definitely, um, I also played collegiate soccer for some time. I also had an injury towards kind of my prime and I, I realized how challenging it was to kind of come back to that. And I don't think I learned as much from me. I broke my leg. Um, but I don't, I don't think I learned as much from it as you did, buddy. I really wish I did there, Max. I feel like, <laughs> you know what? I just broke my leg and didn't come out with an LL Cool J on the other side. I was like, <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean... Maybe just need a few more screws. No, but I, th- I think <laughs> I think uh, I think I, I don't necessarily think it always has to be an injury. I think there are like the certain things that people go through throughout life that like sure. adjust your, your path and, and what it might be. Right. So um, I don't know. And he, he was like the first person that I was luckily introduced to and, and been able to work with, and obviously opened a lot of doors for for me going forward from there. And. Um, you know, now, now kind of in the present a little bit with, and this is just kind of a straightforward question because this is something that you know, people have asked before. For someone who does have a successful career, uh, I'm assuming outside of this whole situation, a very active social life, um, and you also train, people would be like, how does someone do that, right? Whether someone's single or has a family, it ends up being a really big challenge for anybody. But if you had that answer in so many words, right? Share many you want, you want to. I don't <laughs> care. Um, but how do you do it? How do you balance all of that? A successful career, a social life, and all of your training? Get up before the sun. Okay, get up early. I like it. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've been getting, since, since day one out of school and working, I've been getting up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning and getting an hour and a half workout in uh, before work. And I, I think it, it completely sets your day up for a more successful day than it would be if you didn't do it. Um, I was just telling Joe the other day that I just started reading, uh, the 5am club, a mm-hmm. book literally about, uh, like leadership and leaders and creative people who get up early and have that first hour, or two hours to their day to themselves. Uh, and like, I'm a true believer in that. I think, I think that is like so, so important to, uh, like productivity. Do you, do you, do you also not check technology, like go into that reaction mode? Do you have like no, that time? I, is wish, super protected? I wish I get the, I wish I get dead and, but I do. I mean, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning and sometimes in the middle of the night is look at my phone mm-hmm. and it's like a horrible thing to say, but it's just like, it's the reality. Dude, it's an honest um, answer though. At least you're not yeah, giving I us mean, the quote unquote best practices, right? That you no, should be and the doing. best practice is like whatever the fuck works for you is, is my, my saying on that or my stamp on that. But I mean, I, before this whole Corona COVID craziness started, like I was working on 
a project in Milan, a project in Cairo, Egypt, um, and then obviously New York and LA time are my two busiest time zones. So like I might get a message at three in the morning from Cairo or from Milan and like hopefully you answer it within the first few hours. So obviously they know that you live in New York. So yeah, I do check my phone before I, I go work out in the morning or I go for a run in the morning or whatever it might be I'm doing. Um, but while you're kind of in the moment, I try not to check it as, as often. And I think that is like the time where you're not getting inundated with mass amounts of emails and, and WhatsApp messages and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's there, but I try to hold back a lot. So what, besides your morning, what are some, do you have some other rituals that kind of keep you even centered throughout the rest of the day? Cause if you're getting these types of notifications, even, even in the evening where most people are trying to wind down and maybe get to a place of relaxation, like what do you have certain things that kind of help you stay, you know, centered? Yeah, this is where people will think I'm a psycho, but, uh, uh, most days during the week I will have to like, I'll leave my office or I'll take a break at like sometime between four and six or four and six thirty, and, and either do a class at tone house or take a class somewhere else or go for a run or go for a lift and just try and like breathe for an hour. Uh, and during that time, I really try hard not to look at my phone. Um, but I always say that that's like, my lunchtime. So like I'll still eat lunch like a normal human being at 12 or one o'clock. But then again, at that point, it gives me an hour or so to step away from, from everything and then get back to West coast time kind of. Um, so my days are, are pretty hectic in that sense, uh, because just the time differences and the different projects and people I'm working with and depending on where they are, uh, I think there, a lot of the people I'm working with have are very, very successful. So, their clock is more important and that's not a good thing to say, but it's it, that their clock is the revolved time. It's not my clock. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's a very servitude. I, I would like, <laughs> but so let, let me go a little deeper with you on this. Cause you seem to have a very demanding job that it seems like at the end of the day, obviously you are in service to your clients, right? Like you were there for them. You're responding to them but you're also making time for yourself to keep your sanity and fitness is your outlet, but getting deeper, like what is it that keeps you going? Like what is Max's mission and kind of purpose with the work that you do? Cause I would imagine if you don't have a strong reason as to why, like some greater end goal for what you're doing that, I mean, I would lose energy, you know, fairly quickly. So what is it that keeps yeah. you kind of fired up? Uh, I like doing cool shit. I like working with cool people. I like connecting the dots. I like connecting the right people with the right situations or brands. Uh, even if it's not bringing me money. Uh, I think a lot of time people get caught up in, if this makes me money, I'll do it. Like I'm working on projects now that make me zero dollars and I don't think will ever make me money, but I like being a part of it. And I think it's cool. Uh, I have projects now that I'm working on that's not making me any money at this moment, but I'm investing my time and effort and introducing people that I know into it early on that maybe at some point I can get involved with at a, on a different level. Um, and to me, like I always say, like relationships are a form of revenue. Uh, so to me, like every relationship that I can have, you don't have to be a celebrity. You can be whatever you can be doing, whatever at, at some point you may need that person or you may want to connect someone, you know, with that person. And I think a perfect example of, of, of the current situation we're in is like, as soon as all of this, this COVID and Corona craziness started happening, 
uh, I had tons of friends lose jobs, like tons every day. I feel like I hear from another friend, like people are losing jobs. So I was like, what can I do at this moment from like an introspective view uh, and, and what I can do like at this challenging time to, to impact that. Um, so it, it's helpful that I work with, uh, some celebrities or, or whoever they might be, and I can bring them in on some projects. Uh, I've, I've been working on like a few things around this, uh, coronavirus thing and, and trying to raise money for different groups of people or different individuals, uh, to get them through this like period of time. Um, so like since this started, I, I started doing, uh, charity miles is like an easy way to just, uh, raise money for different organizations that you want to be associated with. So like, I think everyone makes fun of me at this point when I post on Instagram, that I just ran 10 or 20 miles every morning, but they don't know, or, or some of them may know or may not know that every mile I'm running is raising X amount of money for an organization that I decide to put that money to. Uh, I started to put together, um, a panel of people to talk on a zoom conference, uh, later this week at the beginning of next week for the wellness, uh, the wellness community specifically for, for fitness instructors or, or trainers or whoever who are going through a tough time because I think the hospitality and wellness uh, industry has definitely got hit hardest earliest during all this. Um, so kind of bringing in um, a few people who are super, super respected um, in the wellness and fitness community, uh, whether they're celebrity trainers or celebrities themselves who have an interest in fitness and wellness, talk about what, people can do in this time to pivot from what they were doing or how they can come out of this or what they should be working on during this time. Uh, and actually came across this VC who is focusing on a wellness relief, who's already raised over a quarter million dollars for fitness and wellness individuals and studios. Um, so kind of coming in under her and trying to figure out how I can connect some people I know and opening my phone book to her to broaden her, her reach from a PR marketing perspective in order to gain uh, some money. So I think I went on a full tangent just now about whatever question you asked me that I literally don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> but at the, I, I think it, it's, it started about like my, my reason for like what I do. And I think people get caught up in like, Oh, I want to work with celebrities or, Oh, I want to just make a lot of money. Um, but to me, like the end of the day, it's, it's, it's like knowing what you're good at and like how you can help benefit other people connecting those dots and putting them in the right situation. If you have a situation that, that you can plug them into. Um, and I think that does go back to, I was lucky again enough to, to have LL as, as one of my first business partners and a saying that he always says, and we've heard this all the time is like teamwork makes a dream work. And that's like so legitimate in every like move. I feel like I make in life at this point, whether it's business or personal relationships or family relationships or whatever it might be. Uh, like knowing what you're good at, knowing who you connect people with and knowing where you can like, quote unquote, plug and play to make something successful and cool. I think that your tangent, which I don't think was a tangent, I think it was incredibly necessary and welcomed. I, when you're talking, I think about uh, some people who might be a little bit lost in what they want to do. Maybe that they don't have as much of a purpose as you. You, you have a great purpose. You, you seem to, it's like, it's very ingrained in you. The way that you speak, the way, like you just brought up so many different things that you've had your hands in and you spoke passionately about them, whether it was you that was really leading it or whether it was somebody else, you were just helping them. Um, it made me excited just to, you know, hear about it all. So thanks for sharing all of it. 
I, I, I have two questions. One is if, if there is someone who is a little bit lost and they're looking for their purpose or they're thinking, man, I have this dead end job. Max sounds like he's got this whole thing in the bag. And you do. It does sound that way. It really does. I don't. I don't. Don't be fucking confused. <laughs> I, I make. Think, I, think I make this shit up right? every fucking day. I make this shit up every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some stuff I have figured out, but yeah. definitely fucking not everything. Like I make shit up every day, and you just have to go with it. But it's a progression. Like you're. I I make fun of it, right? Like you're making shit up. But like when you're making shit up, isn't that creativity? So like when mm-hmm. people say, "Oh, I'm a creative," or "Oh, I do creative," like, okay, you're making shit up. So literally that's what I'm doing. I'm making shit up, but in a creative way. And then as you go along in that process, you're talking to people about it or you're introducing the idea to people. And then you're figuring out ways that those people layer into that shit that you're making up. So you're just building up that creative idea to where it's like, Oh shit, this is a real tangible idea. Mm -hmm. Even though I just made this shit up. And I think I'm not saying that's everything I do, right? There's definitely structure to how I do a lot of my, my work and creativity and thinking and, and, and stuff I'm working on in projects. But I think it, it does start with making shit up and, and going back to like wanting to do cool stuff and being the first to do something or having the idea to link this person with that situation or with that other person. Like the, the, the person who introduced the two founders of Google to each other is very well off, right? So like you don't need to be you don't need to know what you're doing. You, you need to know how to, to understand the situation and figure out how to plug and play with these different people or these different brands or these different situations that you've already encountered. And ideally you encounter those situations through something that you've enjoyed doing. And I think that's probably back to what your question is, is like do the things you enjoy doing, keeping in mind, obviously you need to pay the bills at some point, but like do the things you enjoy doing and figure out ways to, not only monetize, but like garner a new network or adapt to that situation by doing the things that you want to be doing. I'm, I'm glad that you just talked about paying the bills because a lot of what you were talking about was kind of doing things almost for free in a way, but there's a little bit of a return on your social investment. Uh, and you know, you might not know when that is. Uh, but I think that you being open to talk with people and being open to connect people and not turning an opportunity down or what you said about just making up things in the moment and being a creative. Well, you've accepted that role. You've accepted the role to be creative and take on those challenges where someone else just might not. So, uh, again, I think you found your purpose in all that kind of stuff. And that's amazing. My other question around this, cause how many times have we heard that networking is the way to go, right? Networking, you have to network. So don't, don't ever stop networking. But one thing it sounds like you're really good at because you just mentioned you're going to have a birthday party with 50, 60 people at one restaurant. How do you work on keeping relationships? Uh, probably on my phone too much. But um, <laughs> I think I think um, networking is important, right? And I think, when, I think networking has a negative connotation to a lot of people. I think when you talk about like social network, I think a lot of people, maybe older generations, put a negative connotation on it. I think when you're talking to a millennial or Gen Z and you say, and you say networking, I think they think of people in suits going to a cocktail party with name tags on. Right. Um, so like those, that right there, I would never do. I would never put a name tag on. I would never put on a suit and I would never go for a cocktail on a Wednesday in the afternoon. Right. So I think, I think again, I think networking gets a negative connotation. I think networking can be done in a ton of different ways. Uh, and like, the way I got to LL Cool J was through networking, but I got it through networking with his boxing coach uh, in a gym. The, the way I got to 
work with Virgil Abloh, the founder of Off-White and the head designer for, for Louis Vuitton, I sent him a, a, a random DM and he got back to me on Instagram. Uh, and, and I think there's like a lot of those relationships that I have with successful people uh, where I've gotten to in different ways, maybe in creative ways, uh, whether it's in person or sending a DM or sending a message on LinkedIn, uh, but understanding what they're doing from a communication standpoint and, and being on like the pulse of what they're doing, whether it's relative to pop culture and, and how they're, they're in that mix, if, if that's the, the avenue you're going, uh, or if it's something of interest to you, if it's in fashion and you're trying to figure out how to get to, to Virgil, uh, and it's what is he working on now and you have something to, to offer him or an idea to pitch him or something like that, because these, these people are, are people, right? Like all of the humans are humans and people are people like they're emotionally intelligent enough to, to connect the dots. Uh, and they're, they're on Instagram just as much as we are. Uh, like if I'm with one of my clients, who's an athlete or with a friend of mine, who's an, a professional athlete, like they're on Instagram, maybe more than me, whether they're looking at their DMS and responding to random DMS of, of girls or guys, like that could be it. But they're also looking at like different opportunities that they may get. Um, so I think it's, it's a lot of, uh, don't be scared to want to network, but also know how to network. So how do you network then? <laughs> uh, elaborate. <laughs> in, a, in a ton of different ways. Uh, I think we hit on obviously like in, in the gym you network. Like uh, there's someone who goes to Tone House who's the chief creative officer at one of the biggest creative agencies in the world. And I had no idea that that's what he did. And working out at Tone House, seeing him once or twice a week for three years and not saying anything, uh, just bonding over the experience that you're having. Uh, and then you're in the locker room one day and you start talking about work and you're mm. like, Oh shit, that's fucking cool. And then you're, again, you're already on that level playing field and have that same similar interest. And you, you're further along in the relationship than you would have been if it was a cold email, right. Or a response to that cold email. Um, and then there's just different ways. Like if you have a mutual friend with someone and you're like, Hey, can I send an email to you that you can forward on? Or if it is sending a DM on Instagram or, or a direct message on LinkedIn, um, or just coming to a person already with a baked out idea or introduction to a brand or something that, uh, is pre-existing. All right. So I'll give you the example of, I had zero prior relationship with, uh, Ron boss Everlane, who's just trained on Instagram, who's, he does not like to be called a celebrity trainer, but he's the most well-known for being Kevin Hart's trainer. Uh, he was a trainer for like the Prince of Dubai and like all of this stuff, even before all that. So he's a super successful entrepreneur who is a fitness trainer. Um, and I had zero connection with him. I hit him up on Instagram about an opportunity that I was working on with, um, Michelob ultra for their movement, uh, and wellness program. And I was like, Hey, would you want to even talk about being maybe one of the had speakers and trainers at this event that Michelob's putting on. And within like a few days, I got a response back since then. Like my relationship with, with boss is like, I talk to him on a weekly basis, whether it's just like bullshitting back and forth or like motivating each other. Um, we're talking about what he's doing or what he's working on and vice versa. Uh, and he's one of those people I'm talking to now about, um, speaking on this panel to give back to the wellness and fitness community because he has a voice uh, and he has that platform to, to hit a wide audience. 
Um, so I think it, it's in a ton of different ways. Uh, I was introduced to Brandon Marshall, who played in the NFL for 15 or more years uh, and is now uh, opening up different fitness and wellness facilities across the country, which I won't get deep into. I'll we'll let him talk about it outside of this. Um, but can you, uh, can you connect us? Maybe. Uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was joking. But I mean, yeah, we'd love to. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but was introduced to, to him. And uh, within the first like 20 minutes of the conversation, he's like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I was like, what does that mean? He's like, you're the fucking James Bond. I asked you for one thing and you give me 10 other things that I didn't even tell you I needed, but I needed. Uh, so he's one of those people like I'm not on payroll for him but I'll introduce anyone or, or any brand or anything that I have to offer him uh, because he has this crazy vision, which I think we're aligned with for fitness and wellness and mental health and everything that he speaks openly about. Um, so like down the line, maybe I'm on payroll or maybe I'm working with him. Um, but at this moment, there's nothing, there's nothing holding me back from opening up my phone book to him. And there's nothing that I can do on a daily basis to help impact his business uh, on a daily basis. So again, it's, it's knowing knowing what you have, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you can do, uh, and being open to offering. And, and I don't think everyone will, is open to offering everything they have. But you can pick the specific situations or people that you're working with at that time where, where you have that gut feeling that it's okay. Um, and I think gut feeling for me at least goes a long way in uh, in work relationships and in a lot of relationships, but definitely in work relationships. I what you're saying, I think a lot of people can relate to what you're talking about right now, and I can't help but I, when you're talking about all this, all, all I can think about you is like you seem to have this relentless pursuit towards these things that you just kind of want to get done. And I'm curious what your view of like even failure and rejection is, because I know I hear what you're saying, going out and like. It just seems like I'm going to, I'm going to connect with these people. I want to get maybe this project done. So you reach out to people you don't know and you just keep asking the question, can we work together? Can we work together? But the reality is I'm sure you get told no or hear no responses. And I know that people are scared of that or they think, well, somebody told me no one, so I'm done. Right. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You seem like the kind of guy that's like, I'm just going to keep trying. Yeah. I got hell in those early on. Um, but I think from the standpoint of like being persistent and, and knowing, I think it's about being organized up front and having not a solution, but, uh, an idea, uh, and a creative approach, uh, for each individual person or brand that you're reaching out to, to talk to, uh, like why are you reaching out to that person? Right. So like, like Virgil probably gets 1 million DMs a month, but why are you reaching out to that person? Like, I'm not, am I reaching out to you just to say, hi, how are you? And hopefully that goes a long way. Like, that's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. Just like get straight to the fucking point. Like, what do you want? What do you have to offer? And what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. So like, I got rejected a a shit ton for sure. Right. Like obviously, uh, before we brought on and I go way back to, to LL Cool J as a partner, like we got rejected from fucking any, anyone we sent an email to, right? Like who the fuck are you guys? You're like, I've never heard of you. See you later. But all of a sudden you can attach that name. And obviously we were super lucky to have that opportunity. Uh, people will start to open the door to you. Um, and, and I think even with having that name attached to it, 
you need to be strategic in how you use it, right? So like, yes, he's a partner, but he also doesn't want you vomiting his name everywhere. So like, figure out a plan strategically on why you're going to reach out to someone. Will that person even give a fuck that you're using that other person's name? Uh, and back to that example of the guy who flies over here from Paris now um, and hits me up. He's like, yo, you want to go straight to Tone House? I'd land at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, that's Ian Rogers. So Ian Rogers is the chief digital officer for LVMH, the holding company for Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. He started out, he like built a website, sold it to Yahoo, started Beats with Dr. Dre, Apple bought Beats. He went to Apple for a minute and then was offered this opportunity at LVMH and moved to Paris. Uh, I was trying to get to Ian before I was even trying to get to LL. Uh, I sent Ian a message. He never responded. I like dug a little bit deeper after LL became a partner and found out he was a huge LL Cool J fan, right? Who would have gone? Uh, so he like had read through LL's workout book, his nutrition book and all of this shit. So in the subject of my LinkedIn message was LL Cool J new app. Within an hour, I got a response. Within three days, I had my flight booked to LA and had lunch two days later with him and LL. Um, so I think like being strategic, knowing how to leverage what you have and the resources that you have or the people that you're working with have is a huge part of it. Uh, and then when you get rejected, like, fuck it, like whatever, like move on. You know, like people get fucking rejected every day, work relationships, whatever it might be. Like it doesn't fucking matter. There's so much other shit to be done out there. You just kind of have to get through it, but it definitely sucks. Right. Like I was not always good at that. Like I'd be, I'd be going to, to VCs to pitch our, our app at the time and trying to raise money and I'd be in a full fucking sweat and I couldn't public speak mm. because I was 21 and had no fucking clue what I was doing. And now I like could care less what people think when I'm talking. I mean, I care what people think, but I could care less when I'm standing up in front of like a few hundred people and talking about something because I know that like I'm true to what I'm saying. So at this point, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with what I have to say because people are going to agree or disagree with whatever you say, no matter who you are, wherever you are at any time. Uh, but there's going to be at least one person that is going to be a little bit interested or agree with you. And that's kind of all that matters. So as often as you get rejected, like, fuck it, just move on and go get rejected again until someone brings you in for another conversation. Max, what would grab your attention if there was going to be a subject line that was sent to you in a DM or an email? What would end up? What would that say? And you're like, oh, yep. OK, let me stop and actually read this. <laughs> Because, because I'm actually thinking now, I'm actually thinking now that this is a guy. He's 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 connected, and I know there's probably been someone who's been trying to reach out to you. Whatever he says, it's not going to work now because now he's going to. I know, but I'm just I'm so I, curious. I yeah. I respond. I respond to every email I get. I oh, nice. will not say I respond to every DM I get because I don't. Um, but I vet every DM that I get, um, mm. and will respond if needed. Uh, LinkedIn, I will read every message that I'm sent. Literally, I, I'll read anything because because I was the person to be sending all of these fucking messages for someone to respond. Yeah, okay, to. got it. Uh, so, so I, I, and that's that's no bullshit. Like I could have lied about a lot of the other stuff that we were talking about before, but I gave you straight up. But <laughs> no, I, I'm I literally everything. <laughs> no, like I, I will read every email. I will vet every DM and respond if needed. I will again, same thing on LinkedIn. Um, but I mean that the next best idea might be in your fucking DM or might be in your fucking email. So don't be that asshole just to say fuck you because it's coming from someone who hasn't been successful yet or whatever that might be. So I, I think it's important to, to keep your phone open and to keep your email open to, to all of those things. 
Uh, I love because it. I yeah. I'm on the other side too because I, I want people to respond to me. I love the honesty in that answer. I think it's very real, man. I like how you connect back to your your younger self of like I've been through the struggle, so you know you're probably. I mean, you want to kind of help somebody out that might be in that similar situation, maybe in their career. Um, yeah, and I don't know necessarily know that it's a struggle. I think it's just a frustration that like a lot of people when they're first starting in, in any business or in any in, in any business vertical like goes through. It's like oh, you're on the bottom of the fucking totem pole now. You got to prove yourself, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's just a frustration. I mean, like a struggle to me is I would have grown up on the street or something. Right. And I'll, I'll never say that that was my story and it's not. Um, but I think it's a frustration that a lot of people take on, um, when you're starting out in the workforce. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the thing is that you know yourself, you know your passion, and so that when it comes to actually networking or reaching out, that failure doesn't mean that it's the end. Failure just means that it's a starting point for a possible relationship for you. Um, and a lot of people, I think, might need to get to that point a little bit. And I would tie this back to fitness. I think, Joe, what you were saying around uh, you know, where your younger self was with sports, and I think that you know the, the little bits of failure, your injury, that probably taught you a lot about resiliency and kind of bouncing back from you know that, that that, that, that non-reply or, you know, the rejection. Um, and I would, I would definitely say that, that, that starting in sports young from a personal standpoint and from what I've seen with other people, that it really sets you up well for, uh, for the real world. Yeah. I think resiliency is a good word. I think resiliency is like a huge part of describing like what an entrepreneur is too, right? I think, uh, if you're a successful entrepreneur, you have resiliency because if you didn't, you would no longer be an entrepreneur and you'd just be working a corporate job and probably unhappy. Um, so I think resiliency is, is like a key, a key phrase in, in trying to be a successful entrepreneur. So Max, let me, let me ask you, I mean, cause I, I think you have a great deal of self-awareness and I know you and I have had some conversation over maybe some literature that you've read and gotten into, um, such as like the 5am club, which, which I actually just ordered based on your recommendation. I'm actually pretty stoked about diving into that book, but we're in a quarantine now. We are obviously, most of us are chilling at home. Um, what would you, what are your kind of your thoughts on how you're using this time from a self-development perspective? Like what are some things that you're trying to focus on right now with this extra time we have? Yeah, and it's a, it's a good question. I think again, back to uh, like the introspective uh, and like what I can do to help others out. Cause I think, after all of this, uh, like I, I don't want to come out of this the same person I went into it. And I feel that quote from LL I spoke to the other night and like, even someone like him is saying like, I don't want to, I don't want to come out of this, uh, the same person that I went in. And, and I would echo that, that quote. Um, I think that's super important to, to digest and think about. Um, and that the same author who wrote the 5am club, uh, I was also sent by someone, um, he wrote the war measures manual that talks about like kind of how you should be thinking about this situation, kind of like what you, what you should be doing in this time. Um, and I think like some of the biggest takeaways for me was obviously like concentrate on your health and your family and, and, and continuing those relationships and even digging deeper into them because you're obviously your home. Uh, you have time to talk to them. Uh, whether it's Zoom conferences, like I have a Zoom conference with my family that's in New York and in Milwaukee on Wednesdays and Sundays now. And like that's double the amount of time I would talk to them outside of this. Um, and then I think it's an, another time to like 
kind of like reshape and think about like just work from from an overall standpoint like are you happy with work are you not happy with work how can you elevate um what you were working on during this time uh obviously things are like put on hold uh for now because a lot of people can't go to work um so i think it's a good time to kind of evaluate that um and then i think just uh uh just like reworking who you are from like a creative standpoint, whether creative is your, is your job title or something that you do. I think just like being aware and looking at yourself from, from that perspective and, and how to come out of this, uh, in a different way, whether it's like thinking super philosophical on things or not. And I'm not like a very philosophical person, but I feel like a lot of things that I'm reading during this time bring you back to that. So it kind of like grounds you a little bit more and, and you don't take things for granted that, you would have two weeks ago or three weeks ago and you could have walked out of your apartment or your house and done whatever you want. Um, so like the next time someone invites you to something and you say yes, and then you bail last minute, like rethink about the time where you couldn't literally leave your fucking apartment, like just fucking go. You know what I mean? So I think it, it's a lot of good time for, for reflection on that stuff. Yeah. I think that's very well said, man. Um, Max, this was amazing. I love the conversation. I guess I really just have one last question for you, which would be, you know, what's what the, the fuck do you do? <laughs> besides getting paid by Rosa Keys and Oprah for being, what does Max do? Yeah. Um, I guess in, in short, I do uh, creative marketing and social uh, and brand building for celebrities, athletes, designers and brands. Uh, luckily enough, I have a quote unquote corporate job at the, one of the largest media, uh, agencies in North America. Uh, and then also have my own consulting company, which, uh, I get to work with all of those cool people that you've mentioned now and some others. Pretty cool job, dude. Really jealous. <laughs> Pretty cool life, bro. I love how we had that question at the end. What do you do? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, maybe you edit, maybe you edit it and you put it up front. I don't know. We're leaving it right here. Right here. Create interest. It's going to be like one of those cliffhangers. What the, does this guy do? Wait till the end. Just just wait till the end when you find out what he does. Cliffhanger. Oh, they can fast forward. Right. We're streaming. (laughs) What's the final piece of advice that you would maybe give to maybe your younger self or an entrepreneur starting, starting out, Max? Uh, I will give the quote that LL said to me as he was leaving dinner for the first time uh, I met him. Uh, it was a quote that he claims Michael Jackson told him. So my, he, Michael Jackson told him and then he told me and he probably never told anyone else. This. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, pretty, pretty straightforward. Never limit yourself. Um, obviously, you can take that as an individual in a ton of different ways. Um, but obviously I took it, uh, literally where like, I, I want to do everything and anything that I possibly can, whether it's making money or creating something cool or giving back to something that needs giving back to. And that I have a, a a true feeling for, uh, that want to help with. Um, and also just knowing, um, knowing the situation you're in and, and who you connect to with or who you connect what with, uh, and know what you're good at and bring people to together to create cool shit. That's an amazing answer. 
I'd love that as an either the young un, un, entrepreneur. I would totally take that down. Um, no, and, man. And write it. That, Max, this was awesome, man. Thanks you so much for sharing so much about yourself and just like your outlooks. Like I, I feel like you're. I mean, you're an inspiring human. Um, incredibly ambitious. It, like, and it it really just amazes me at such a young age. Like, just how much of you know strength you have in your resolve and how you approach situations. So thank you so much for being on the show with Ryan and I today and just sharing so much about yourself. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Max. Appreciate you both. This has been great. All right, man. We'll catch you next time. Stay healthy, right? There, guys. You as well. Stay healthy, stay positive, stay smiling, stay moving. Later, buddy. (laughs) Later. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of The Breakdown. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did receive some value from this episode, please remember to share with a friend, spread the word, and help us grow this podcast as we look to bring on even more guests onto the show and spread the mission of this podcast, which is bringing some clarity in this fitness industry and keep providing you guys with quality content. So please leave a review, a comment, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all the other platforms. And until next time, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next time.